Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Kirill Dmitriev's post-election contacts with the incoming administration. Later that morning, Dmitriev contacted Nader, who was in New York, to request a meeting with the key people in the incoming administration as soon as possible in light of the great results. He asked Nader to convey to the incoming administration that we want to start rebuilding the relationship in whatever is a comfortable pace for them. We understand all of the sensitivities and are not in a rush. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, we did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. And here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Fellow Americans, it's time, it's time to, to speak out. out. They're looking for help. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We call We will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, yes we, we can. can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And when we get enough money, honey, we'll bring me down. But their children were saved. And their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public public Access Access America. America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. Dmitriev and Nader had previously discussed Nader introducing him to the contacts Nader had made within the Trump campaign. Dmitriev also told Nader that he would ask Putin for permission to travel to the United States, where he would be able to speak to media outlets about the positive impact of Trump's election and the need for reconciliation between the United States and Russia. Later that day, Dmitriev flew to New York, where Peskov was separately traveling to attend the chess tournament. 
Dmitriev invited Nader to the opening of the tournament and noted that, if there was a chance to see anyone key from Trump camp, he would love to start building for the future. Dmitriev also asked Nader to invite Kushner to the event so that he Dmitriev could meet him. Nader did not pass along Dmitriev's invitation to anyone connected with the incoming administration. Although one World Chess Federation official recalled hearing from an attendee that President-elect Trump had stopped by the tournament, the investigation did not establish that Trump or any campaign or transition team official attended the event. And the president's written answers denied that he had. Nader stated that Dmitriev continued to press him to set up a meeting with the transition team. According to Nader, Dmitriev was very anxious to connect with the incoming administration and told Nader that he would try other routes to do so besides Nader himself. Nader did not ultimately introduce Dmitriev to anyone associated with the incoming administration during Dmitriev's post-election trip to New York. In early December 2016, Dmitriev again broached the topic of meeting incoming administration officials with Nader in January or February. Dmitriev sent Nader a list of publicly available quotes of Dmitriev speaking positively about Donald Trump in case they were helpful. Eric Prince and Kirill Dmitriev meet in the Seychelles. George Nader and Eric Prince arrange Seychelles meeting with Dmitriev. Nader traveled to New York in early January 2017 and had lunchtime and dinner meetings with Eric Prince on January 3, 2017. Nader and Prince discussed Dmitriev. Nader informed Prince that the Russians were looking to build a link with the incoming Trump administration. He told Prince that Dmitriev had been pushing Nader to redact it. Nader suggested, in light of Prince's and Dmitriev meet to discuss issues of mutual concern. Prince told Nader that he needed to think further about it and to check with transition team officials. After his dinner with Prince, Nader sent Prince a link to a Wikipedia entry about Dmitriev, and sent Dmitriev a message stating that he had just met with some key people within the family and inner circle a reference to Prince and that he had spoken at length and positively about Dmitriev. Nader told Dmitriev that the people he met had asked for Dmitriev's bio, and Dmitriev replied that he would update and send it. Nader later received from Dmitriev two files concerning Dmitriev, one was a two-page biography, and the other was a list of Dmitriev's positive quotes about Donald Trump. The next morning, Nader forwarded the message and attachments Dmitriev had sent him to Prince. Nader wrote to Prince that these documents were the versions to be used with some additional details for them with them referring to members of the incoming administration. Prince opened the attachments at Trump Tower within an hour of receiving them. Prince stated that, while he was at Trump Tower that day, he spoke with Kellyanne Conway, Wilbur Ross, Steve Mnuchin, and others while waiting to see Bannon. Cell site location data for Prince's mobile phone indicates that Prince remained at Trump Tower for approximately three hours. Prince said that he could not recall whether, during those three hours, he met with Bannon and discussed Dmitriev with him. Prince booked a ticket to the Seychelles on January 7, 2017. The following day, Nader wrote to Dmitriev that he had a pleasant surprise for him, namely that he had arranged for Dmitriev to meet a special guest from the new team, referring to Prince. Nader asked Dmitriev if he could come to the Seychelles for the meeting on January 12, 2017, and Dmitriev agreed. The following day, there was an assurance from Nader that the Seychelles meeting would be worthwhile. Dmitriev was not enthusiastic about the idea of meeting with Prince, and that Nader assured him that Prince wielded influence with the incoming administration. 
Nader wrote to Dmitriev, this guy Prince is designate D by Steve Bannon to meet you. I know him and he is very very well connected and trusted by the new team. His sister is now a minister of education. According to Nader, Prince had led him to believe that Bannon was aware of Prince's upcoming meeting with Dmitriev, and Prince acknowledged that it was fair for Nader to think that Prince would pass information onto the transition team. Bannon, however, told the office that Prince did not tell him in advance about his meeting with Dmitriev. E. The Seychelles Meetings Dmitriev arrived with his wife in the Seychelles on January 11, 2017, and checked into the Four Seasons Resort where Crown Prince Mohammed and Nader were staying. Prince arrived that same day. Prince and Dmitriev met for the first time that afternoon in Nader's villa, with Nader present. The initial meeting lasted approximately 30 to 45 minutes. Prince described the eight years of the Obama administration in negative terms, and stated that he was looking forward to a new era of cooperation and conflict resolution. According to Prince, he told Dmitriev that Bannon was effective if not conventional, and that Prince provided policy papers to Bannon. Prince added that he would inform Bannon about his meeting with Dmitriev, and that if there was interest in continuing the discussion, Bannon or someone else on the transition team would do so. Afterwards, Prince returned to his room, where he learned that a Russian aircraft carrier had sailed to Libya, which led him to call Nader and ask him to set up another meeting with Dmitriev. According to Nader, Prince called and said he had checked with his associates back home and needed to convey to Dmitriev that Libya was off the table. Nader wrote to Dmitriev that Prince had received an urgent message that he needs to convey to you immediately, and arranged for himself, Dmitriev, and Prince to meet at a restaurant on the Four Seasons property. At the second meeting, Prince told Dmitriev that the United States could not ACCE Russian involvement in Libya because it would make the situation there much worse. After the brief second meeting concluded, Nader and Dmitriev discussed what had transpired. Dmitriev told Nader that he was disappointed in his meetings with Prince for two reasons. First, he believed the Russians needed to be communicating with someone who had more authority within the incoming administration than Prince had. Second, he had hoped to have a discussion of greater substance, such as outline in a straight IC roadmap for both countries to follow. Dmitriev told Nader that Prince's comments were insulting. Hours after the second meeting, Prince sent two text messages to Bannon from the Seychelles. As described further below, investigators were unable to obtain the content of these or other messages between Prince and Bannon, and the investigation also did not identify evidence of any further communication between Prince and Dmitriev after their meetings in the Seychelles. Eric Prince's meeting with Steve Bannon after the Seychelles trip. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. After the Seychelles meetings, Prince told Nader that he would inform Bannon about his discussion with Dmitriev and would convey that someone within the Russian power structure was interested in seeking better relations with the incoming administration. On January 12, 2017, Prince contacted Bannon's personal assistant to set up a meeting for the following week. Several days later, Prince messaged her again asking about Bannon's schedule. Prince said that he met Bannon at Bannon's home after returning to the United States in mid-January and briefed him about several topics, including his meeting with Dmitriev. Prince told the office that he explained to Bannon that Dmitriev was the head of a Russian sovereign wealth fund and was interested in improving relations between the United States and Russia. 
Prince had on his cell phone a screenshot of Dmitriev's Wikipedia page dated January 16, 2017 and Prince told the office that he likely showed that image to Bannon. Prince also believed he provided Bannon with Dmitriev's contact information. According to Prince, Bannon instructed a Prince not to follow up with Dmitriev, and Prince had the impression that the issue was not a priority for Bannon. Prince related that Bannon did not appear angry, just relatively uninterested. Bannon, by contrast, told the office that he never discussed with Prince anything regarding Dmitriev, RDIF, or any meetings with Russian individuals or people associated with Putin. Bannon also stated that had Prince mentioned such a meeting, Bannon would have remembered it, and Bannon would have objected to such a meeting having taken place. The conflicting accounts provided by Bannon and Prince could not be independently clarified by reviewing their communications, because neither one was able to produce any of the messages they exchanged in the time period surrounding the Seychelles meeting. Prince's phone contained no text messages prior to March 2017, though provider records indicate that he and Bannon exchanged dozens of messages. Prince denied deleting any messages but claimed he did not know why there were no messages on his device before March 2017. Bannon's device similarly contained no messages in the relevant time period, and Bannon also stated he did not know why messages did not appear on his device. Bannon told the office that, during both the months before and after the Seychelles meeting, he regularly used his personal BlackBerry and personal email for work-related communications including those with Prince, and he took no steps to preserve these work communications. Kirill Dmitriev's post-election contact with Rick Gerson regarding U.S.-Russia relations Dmitriev's contacts during the transition period were not limited to those facilitated by Nader. In approximately late November 2016, the UAE National Security Advisor introduced Dmitriev to Rick Gerson, a friend of Jared Kushner who runs a hedge fund in New York. Gerson stated he had no formal role in the transition and had no involvement in the Trump campaign other than occasional casual discussions about the campaign with Kushner. After the election, Gerson assisted the transition by arranging meetings for transition officials with former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair and a UAE delegation led by Crown Prince Mohammed. When Dmitriev and Gerson met, they principally discussed potential joint ventures between Gerson's hedge fund and RDIF. Dmitriev was interested in improved economic cooperation between the United States and Russia and asked Gerson who he should meet with in the incoming administration who would be helpful towards this goal. Gerson replied that he would try to figure out the best way to arrange appropriate introductions, but noted that confidentiality would be required because of the sensitivity of holding such meetings before the new administration took power, and before cabinet nominees had been confirmed by the Senate. Gerson said he would ask Kushner and Michael Flynn who the key person or people were on the topics of reconciliation with Russia, joint security concerns, and economic matters. Dmitriev told Gerson that he had been tasked by Putin to develop and execute a reconciliation plan between the United States and Russia. He noted in a text message to Gerson that if Russia was approached with respect and willingness to understand our position, we can have major breakthroughs quickly. Gerson and Dmitriev exchanged ideas in December 2016 about what such a reconciliation plan would include. Gerson told the office that the transition team had not asked him to engage in these discussions with Dmitriev, and that he did so on his own initiative and as a private citizen. 
On January 9, 2017, the same day he asked Nader whether meeting Prince would be worthwhile, Dmitriev sent his biography to Gerson and asked him ifhe could share it with Jared or somebody else very senior in the team, so that they know that we are focused from our side on improving the relationship and my boss asked me to play a key role in that. Dmitriev also asked Gerson if he knew Prince, and if Prince was somebody important or worth spending time with. After his trip to the Seychelles, Dmitriev told Gerson that Bannon had asked Prince to meet with Dmitriev and that the two had had a positive meeting. On January 16, 2017, Dmitriev consolidated the ideas for U.S.-Russia reconciliation that he and Gerson had been discussing into a two-page document that listed five main points, one jointly fighting terrorism, two jointly engaging in anti-weapons of mass destruction efforts, three developing win-win economic and investment initiatives, four maintaining an honest, open, and continual dialogue regarding issues of disagreement, and five ensuring proper communication and trust by key people from each country. On January 18, 2017, Gerson gave a copy of the document to Kushner. Kushner had not heard of Dmitriev at that time. Gerson explained that Dmitriev was the head of RDIF, and Gerson may have alluded to Dmitriev's being well-connected. Kushner placed the document in a file and said he would get it to the right people. Kushner ultimately gave one copy of the document to Bannon and another to Rex Tillerson. According to Kushner, neither of them followed up with Kushner about it. On January 19, 2017, Dmitriev sent Nader a copy of the two-page document, telling him that this was a view from our side that I discussed in my meeting on the islands and with you and with our friends. Please share with them, we believe this is a good foundation to start from. Gerson informed Dmitriev that he had given the document to Kushner soon after delivering on January 26, 2017. Dmitriev wrote to Gerson that his boss in apparent reference to Putin, was asking if there had been any feedback on the proposal. Dmitriev said, we do not want to rush things and move at a comfortable speed. At the same time, my boss asked me to try to have the key U.S. meetings in the next two weeks if possible. He informed Gerson that Putin and President Trump would speak by phone that Saturday, and noted that that information was very confidential. The same day, Dmitriev wrote to Nader that he had seen his boss again yesterday who had emphasized that this is a great priority for us and that we need to build this communication channel to avoid bureaucracy. On January 28, 2017, Dmitriev texted Nader that he wanted to see if I can confirm to my boss that your friends may use some of the ideas from the two-pager I sent you in the telephone call that will happen at 12 est, an apparent reference to the call scheduled between President Trump and Putin. Nader replied, definitely paper was so submitted to team by Rick and me. They took it seriously after the call between President Trump and Putin occurred. Dmitriev wrote to Nader that the call went very well. My boss wants me to continue making some public statements that a sick Russia cooperation is good and important. Gerson also wrote to Dmitriev to say that the call had gone well, and Dmitriev replied that the document they had drafted together played an important role. Gerson and Dmitriev appeared to stop communicating with one another in approximately March 2017, when the investment deal they had been working on together showed no signs of progressing. Ambassador Kislak's meeting with Jared Kushner and Michael Flynn M. Trump Tower following the election. On November 16, 2016, Catherine Vargas, an executive assistant to Kushner, received a request for a meeting with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislak. 
That same day, Vargas sent Kushner an email with the subject, Missed Call, Russian Ambassador to the U.S., Sergei Ivanovich Kislak. The text of the email read, Re, setting up a time to meet with you on 12 over 1. Let me know how to proceed. Kushner responded in relevant part, I think I do this one, confirm with Dmitry Symes of CNI that this is the right guy. After reaching out to a colleague of Symes at CNI, Vargas reported back to Kushner that Kislak was the best go-to guy for routine matters in the U.S., while Yuri Yushikov, a Russian foreign policy advisor, was the contact for more direct, substantial matters. Bob Forsman, the UBS investment bank executive who had previously tried to transmit to candidate Trump an invitation to speak at an economic forum in Russia, see Volume 1, Section IV. A, L, D, E, Supra, may have provided similar information to the transition team. According to Forsman, at the end of an early December 2016 meeting with incoming National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and his designated deputy K.T. McFarland in New York, Flynn asked Forsman for his thoughts on Kislak. Forsman had not met Kislak but told Flynn that, while Kislak was an important person, Kislak did not have a direct line to Putin. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. Forsman subsequently traveled to Moscow, inquired of a source he believed to be close to Putin, and heard back from that source that Yushikov would be the official channel for the incoming U.S. National Security Advisor. Forsman acknowledged that Flynn had not asked him to undertake that inquiry INE Russia but told the office that he nonetheless felt obligated to report the information back to Flynn, and that he worked to get a face-to-face -face meeting with Flynn in January 2017 so that he could do so. Email correspondence suggests that the meeting ultimately went forward, but Flynn has no recollection of it or of the earlier December meeting. The investigation did not identify evidence of Flynn or Kushner meeting with Yushikov after being given his name. In the meantime, although he had already formed the impression that Kislak was not necessarily the right point of contact, Kushner went forward with the meeting that Kislak had requested on November 16. It took place at Trump Tower on November 30, 2016. Eight Kushner's invitation, Flynn also attended, Bannon was invited but did not attend. During the meeting, which lasted approximately 30 minutes, Kushner expressed a desire on the part of the incoming administration to start afresh with U.S.-Russian relations. Kushner also asked Kislak to identify the best person whether Kislak or someone else with whom to direct future discussions someone who had contact with Putin and the ability to speak for him. The three men also discussed U.S. policy towards Syria, and Kislak floated the idea of having Russian generals brief the transition team on the topic using a secure communications line. After Flynn explained that there was no secure line in the transition team offices, Kushner asked Kislak if they could communicate using secure facilities at the Russian embassy. Kislak quickly rejected that idea. Jared Kushner's meeting with Sergei Gorkov on December 6, 2016, the Russian embassy reached out to Kushner's assistant to set up a second meeting between Kislak and Kushner. Kushner declined several proposed meeting dates, but Kushner's assistant indicated that Kislak was very insistent about securing a second meeting. Kushner told the office that he did not want to take another meeting because he had already decided Kislak was not the right channel for him to communicate with Russia, so he arranged to have one OFHIS assistants, Avi Berkowitz, meet with Kislak in his stead. 
although embassy official Sergei Kuznetsov wrote to Berkowitz that Kislak thought it important to continue the conversation with Mr. Kushner in person, Kislak nonetheless agreed to meet instead with Berkowitz once it became apparent that Kushner was unlikely to take a meeting. Berkowitz met with Kislak on December 12, 2016, at Trump Tower. The meeting lasted only a few minutes, during which Kislak indicated that he wanted Kushner to meet someone who had a direct line to Putin, Sergei Gorkov, the head of the Russian government-owned bank Vinishikonombank VEB. Kushner agreed to meet with Gorkov. The one-on-one -on -one meeting took place the next day, December 13, 2016, at the Colony Capitol building in Manhattan, where Kushner had previously scheduled meetings. VEB was and is the subject of Department of Treasury economic sanctions imposed in response to Russia's annexation of Crimea. Kushner did not, however, recall any discussion during his meeting with Gorkov about the sanctions against VEB or sanctions more generally. Kushner stated in an interview that he did not engage in any preparation for the meeting and that no one on the transition team even did a Google search for Gorkov's name. At the start of the meeting, Gorkov presented Kushner with two gifts, a painting and a bag offsoil from the town in Belarus where Kushner's family originated. The accounts from Kushner and Gorkov differ as to whether the meeting was diplomatic or business in nature. Kushner told the office that the meeting was diplomatic, with Gorkov expressing disappointment with U.S.-Russia relations under President Obama and hopes for improved relations with the incoming administration. According to Kushner, although Gorkov told Kushner a little bit about his bank and made some statements about the Russian economy, the two did not discuss Kushner's companies or private business dealings of any kind. At the time of the meeting, Kushner Companies had a debt obligation coming due on the building it owned at 666 Fifth Avenue, and there had been public reporting both about efforts to secure lending on the property and possible conflicts of interest for Kushner arising out of his company's borrowing from foreign lenders. In contrast, in a 2017 public statement, VEB suggested Gorkov met with Kushner in Kushner's capacity as CEO of Kushner Companies for the purpose of discussing business, rather than as part of a diplomatic effort. In particular, VEB characterized Gorkov's meeting with Kushner as part of a series of roadshow meetings with representatives of major U.S. banks and business circles, which included negotiations and discussion of the most promising business lines and sectors. Horseman. The investment bank executive mentioned in Volume L, Sections IV, Supra, told the office that he met with Gorkov and VEB Deputy Chairman Nikolai Sekomsky in Moscow just before Gorkov left for New York to meet Kushner. According to Forsman, Gorkov and Sekomsky told him that they were traveling to New York to discuss post-election issues with U.S. financial institutions, that their trip was sanctioned by Putin, and that they would be reporting back to Putin upon their return. The investigation did not resolve the apparent conflict in the accounts of Kushner and Gorkov or determine whether the meeting was diplomatic in nature as Kushner stated, focused on business as VEB's public statement indicated, or whether it involved some combination of those matters or other matters. Regardless, the investigation did not identify evidence that Kushner and Gorkov engaged in any substantive follow-up after the meeting. Rather, a few days after the meeting, Gorkov's assistant texted Kushner's assistant, Hi, please inform your side that the information about the meeting had a very positive response. Over the following weeks, the two assistants exchanged a handful of additional cordial texts. 
On February 8, 2017, Gorkov's assistant texted Kushner's assistant Berkowitz to try to set up another meeting, and followed up by text at least twice in the days that followed. According to Berkowitz, he did not respond to the meeting request in light of the press coverage regarding the Russia investigation, and did not tell Kushner about the meeting request. Peter Avayan's outreach efforts to the transition team. In December 2016, weeks after the one-on-one -on -one meeting with Putin described in Volume 1, Section IV. B. 1. B. Supra, Petr Avayan attended what he described as a separate all-hands oligarch meeting between Putin and Russia's most prominent businessmen. As in Avayan's one-on-one meeting, a main topic of discussion at the oligarch meeting in December 2016 was the prospect of forthcoming U.S. economic sanctions. After the December 2016 all-hands meeting, Avayan tried to establish a connection to the Trump team. Avayan instructed Richard Burt to make contact with the incoming Trump administration. Burt was on the board of directors for Letter 1L1, another company headed by Avayan, and had done work for Alpha Bank. Bert had previously served as U.S. Ambassador to Germany and Assistant Secretary of State for European and Canadian Affairs, and one of his primary roles with Alpha Bank and LL was to facilitate introductions to business contacts in the United States and other Western countries. While at a LL board meeting held in Luxembourg in late December 2016, Avayan pulled Bert aside and told him that he had spoken to someone high in the Russian government who expressed interest in establishing a communications channel between the Kremlin and the Trump transition team. Avayan asked for Bert's help in contacting members of the transition team. Although Bert had been responsible for helping Avayan build connections in the past, Bert viewed Avayan's request as unusual and outside the normal realm of his dealings with Avayan. Bert, who is a member of the board of CNI, decided to approach CNI president Dmitry Symes for help facilitating Avayan's request, recalling that Symes had some relationship with Kushner. At the time, Symes was lobbying the Trump transition team, on Bert's behalf, to appoint Bert U.S. ambassador to Russia. Bert contacted Symes by telephone and asked if he could arrange a meeting with Kushner to discuss setting up a high-level communications channel between Putin and the incoming administration. Symes told the office that he declined and stated to Bert that setting up such a channel was not a good idea in light of the media attention surrounding Russian influence in the U.S. presidential election. According to Symes, he understood that Burt was seeking a secret channel, and Symes did not want CNI to be seen as an intermediary between the Russian government and the incoming administration. Based on what Symes had read in the media, he stated that he already had concerns that Trump's business connections could be exploited by Russia, and Symes said that he did not want CNI to have any involvement or apparent involvement in facilitating any connection. Have you discussed Mueller or his investigation with anyone at Kasowitz, Benson & Torres, the law firm founded by Mark Kasowitz, President Trump's personal lawyer? Have you discussed it with anyone? Would you talk to him? Be sure about your answers. I'm asking you a very direct question, yes or no? Yes or no? Sir, please answer the question. I'll ask again. I asked the question just a minute ago. I'm sorry you forgot. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh... Hey, guys, you know what? America does not want to witness a food fight. They want to know how we're going to put food on their table. I will repeat it. I will. Had he been cleared. I would like to speak on the issue of race. I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it's personal, 
it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. You also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public school. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. I will also immediately put in place a meaningful process for reviewing the cases for asylum. I will release children from cages. I will get rid of the private detention centers. Uh, Attorney General Barr, has the president or anyone at the White House ever asked or suggested that you open an investigation of anyone? Yes or no? Yes or no, please. Seems sir. you remember something like that and be able to tell us. So you're not denying that you've spoken with Well, I, I said I don't remember anything like that. Okay. I'll move on. Okay. Clearly you're not going to answer the question.